Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1350 ESPN. Welcome in. It is Wicket's World on a Friday right here on 1350 ESPN. Thank you so much for being here. Coming up, Tyler Dunn joins me at the back half of this hour at 1230 to talk some NFL before we get out of here for Cubs baseball right here on 1350 ESPN. Coming back home, and Ron and Pat will have the call 1245 for the pregame right here in Des Moines. Before we get to any of that stuff, Pete, the <laughs> there were a couple of huge stories that popped up Oh yeah, this week. Uh, and I'm going to start with college football because we are in uh, partially in Big 12 country. We're 40 minutes from Ames. Iowa State fans are everywhere in the state of Iowa. Mm. And Big 12 media days were, what, a week ago? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we find out that Texas uh, are having conversations to leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC. When I heard the news, I thought, nah, this can't be real. This seems like something that gets you know, rumored about all the time. And then you start to dig deep, because you know every journalist that covers a Big 12 school, especially the ones that cover Oklahoma and cover Texas, are diving into this to try to find out, is there smoke? Is there fire? Are there real conversations going on? And of course, every, everybody at Texas and everybody at Oklahoma is like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. And so you start to, to read more, and there are reports, there is speculation, there is all of this, but it's looking more and more like at least conversation has been had between the SEC and Oklahoma and Texas, which... Oh, my God. I mean, if this were to happen... Let's, let's talk about it from a Big 12 perspective, all right? This would be terrible. There would be no more Big 12. No more Big 12. You can't... Okay, there's already 10 teams in the Big 12 right now, all right? Mm-hmm. You lose the two that really respect to Iowa State fans football wise you haven't really mattered until the last four or five years you really I mean once in a while Seneca Wallace plays well but for the most part Iowa State has not mattered when it comes to Big 12 football so this would be from Iowa State's perspective if there were to be a Big 12 this would be great for Matt Campbell because then they could be the big dog of a alleged power five conference yeah the problem is you lose texas and you lose oklahoma you are no longer a power five conference you don't want this if you are everybody else in the big 12 because you're not going to replace texas and you're not going to replace oklahoma because you're not going to get one of the two big fish out of the big 10 to come to the big 12 anybody out of the pac 12 to come join and the only teams that i've heard rumor the only rumor team i've heard that could come to the big 12 is Houston. A draw. Ooh, Houston. <laughs> wow. It's not a draw to be like, yeah, we lost Texas. But we got Houston. But we got Houston. <laughs> yeah, I know we lost Oklahoma, who's always in the college football playoff, but we got Houston. You know what I mean? Houston, we have a problem. So from a Big 12 fan's perspective, I don't know what happens to the conference if this does. And it's all rumor and speculation. We're not going to know for a while. The Big 12 fans' perspective, this is a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. Because your conference is going to go away. Why would Texas want to do this? Why would Oklahoma want to do this? Why would you want to leave a conference where you, for the most part, have been the big dogs for the last hundred years? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to do it? Well, it always comes down to one thing. Money. No matter what, it always comes down to dollars it always comes down to TV contracts. It always comes down to 
how many eyes can I get on my product? And the SEC dollar is much bigger. The SEC pie is bigger. He is attached at the hip with ESPN mm-hmm. and their new contracts that are always not. So from Texas and Oklahoma's perspective, and if it is really all about money, which it generally is in college sports or all sports, this makes complete sense. You agree? Yeah, that makes sense. So from a football perspective, though, why would you leave the conference where you have been the big dog, mm-hmm. where you have been the big fish? I mean, Oklahoma has been great. You know, with Bob Stoops and now Lincoln Riley, they're always a top five, top ten program. They're always in contention for a big bowl or a playoff appearance. You know, you roll most of the Big 12. Yeah, there's a couple of years where they'll lose a K-State game or they'll lose to Iowa State or whatever. Shootout's always great. Red River rivalry, sorry. But if you're Oklahoma, why would you leave? Again, money is the answer. But you are making a big mistake, I think, if you are Oklahoma from a football perspective with SEC. Texas hasn't been squat since Vince Young beat USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had a couple of decent teams, but we talked about it last week, how it's always been, oh, is Texas back, and then Texas is never back. You go from playing, like, you're not, you don't see the stretch in the SEC where you get Baylor, Kansas, you know, and then Texas Tech. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a combined eight wins this year. You don't, you don't get that in the SEC. Every week or every other week, here comes Georgia, here comes Alabama, here comes Florida, here comes LSU. Here comes, at one time, kids, you may not know this, Tennessee was a great program. Not so much anymore, but Tennessee was really, really good, and, and, and maybe they start to get things rolling. You know, every once in a while, Kentucky is really, really good. Mike Stoops' defense there a couple of years ago was one of the best, if not the best, in the country. So, from a football perspective, you are going from a conference that is one of the bottom two in terms of, you know, power and strength, top mm-hmm. to bottom. To the big dogs. To the best of them all. Yeah. I do, I, again, if it's only money, I understand it. This is not a good football move for either school. No. I just, ugh. Now, if you're wondering when all of this can happen, well, we got a couple of years. I think the Big Ten's TV deal, because this happens every so often. You remember all the craziness with the Big 12 with Nebraska leaving and Mizzou leaving and all this, West Virginia, all these t- college football I struggle to remember where West Virginia, which conference West Virginia is in. I still think A&M is in the Big 12. I still sometimes think the Big 12. I, I mean, you're a Mizzou student. Yes. You know how hard your schedule is every year. Yes. And because you, you're usually a doormat. Yeah. You're, bot, you're a bottom, bottom SEC school. It's cool. Yeah. It's, 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 it's been struggling some days, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's, it's always fun when you look at the first game of the schedule last year, and it's Bama. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. man, so excited for the season when we have number one Bama coming to town. That's so cool. When they beat, was it last year they beat LSU? Yes. And I thought, wow, that's a huge win. I was at that game. Where are you? I was. I watched that one on TV, and I'm like, man, I got a lot of Missouri friends. They lived down in Kansas City for a long time, so a lot of my friends went to Mizzou. And I thought, big win. That's huge. Mm-hmm. What a big win for, for Missouri to beat LSU. And then everybody beat LSU, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't very impressive anymore because it wasn't the Joe Burrow year. It was the most, maybe the most disappointing team in college football last year was LSU. Got a win. That's a win. You got. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> but every year, or every four or five years, 
there's always conversations about conference realignment. Yeah. You know, Nebraska here and, and you know, Utah this and end of the Pac-12. We need this number of teams to have a conference championship game. The Big Ten adds Maryland and Rutgers, which is still, I don't think it's they belong. Weird. It's still super it's weird. It's weird. It, it, when I'm watching Wisconsin travel to Rutgers, I'm like, what are, why are they playing a non-conference game? Oh, that's right. Rutgers is in. The, the they're going to be good getting Shiano back. Yeah. They're going to, I think Rutgers is going to be not Rutgers in the next five years. But I digress. So this happens every so often that we get this conference realignment conversation going on. And it always comes down to TV deals. Like, you get the teams moved and shuffled and pieces put where they are. Then the new TV deal takes over, and that lasts for six, seven, eight, nine years. Big Ten's deal is done next year. I don't see anyone leaving the Big Ten because the Big Ten Conference makes so much money from the Big Ten Network and from ESPN and ABC. It's one of, if not the most lucrative conference in the country. I don't see a whole lot happening out west. Uh, I don't see... You know, the TVCC ends in 2025, and I don't see a whole lot happening before then. But where there is smoke, there is always fire with conference realignment. And when you have Texas, who is the bell cow, when you have Texas, who is the big, the biggest financial fish of them all, mm-hmm. as opposed to Oklahoma, who's the better football team right now, but when you have Texas moving around, I mean, it's it's... Texas is Notre Dame big. Texas is Alabama big. Texas is Ohio State big. Texas is USC big. Texas is biggest players in college football because state, (laughs) because of the donors, because of its place in the pantheon of college football. Texas matters, always matters. And so when they start pushing their weight around, it's like, okay, we got to start paying attention to this. So what will Texas what will Oklahoma do? Package deal. I can't see one going and one staying. Probably, yeah. But it, it, it is is going to spell bad news, I think, if you are a Big 12 fan. I just get a feeling that the Big 12 is going to be gone. Which leads to the next question. What's the future of college football? The if, Power Four? That's what it's going to wind up being. Like four super conferences. Mm-hmm. You know, you kick I.O. Oh, maybe it goes up. Do they want that, though? I was thinking about that. Do they really want to be in the Big Ten with Iowa? Where else are they going to go? They're not going to go to the SEC. No. I mean, any smart person would stay out of the SEC, go to the ACC, because they're not exactly Atlantic Coast, although it doesn't really matter, I I guess. I mean, Notre Dame was in the ACC. Notre Dame was in the ACC. Maybe at some point, I've been saying this for most of my career, at some point, Notre Dame is going to have to join a conference. I think it's slowly but surely going to creep up on them that they're going to have to join a conference. I, I think so. And I think the reason that the college football playoff was 12 and not 8 is because Notre Dame is reluctant because it's the top six conference winners and then the next highest six ranked teams get into the college football playoff. Well, if you did top six and then two more, Notre Dame finishes 11, they're out. But yeah. with this new thing, they're going to be in in a couple of years when that kicks in. Maybe Notre Dame says, okay, fine. And finally, where they belong, mm-hmm. and Iowa State joins the Big Ten. How great would that be for the Big Honestly, Ten? That would be great. And then you put Notre Dame in the East, and you put Iowa State in the West. You know, I just think that makes the most sense. That East would be very, very competitive. What do you do with the rest of the Big Twelve? I mean, you you ship some out west. Texas Tech goes to the West. Goes to the highest bidder. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> You're right about that. That is it. It actually just goes to who else is going to pay the most. You know, TCU and Texas Tech, they wind up in the Pac-12, 14, 16. The West 
whatever it's going to be called, shifted around. I think that's the future of the Big 12, the future of college football for, you know, maybe four or five years from now. So we shall see. All right. Uh, coming up, I'm going to jump to the big NFL story, the big NFL news that is out there. And that is the edict from the, uh, the world of the rule makers, the COVID situation, the vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Kind of say, I kind of like what the NFL is going to do. We'll talk about it next here on 1350 ESPN. You're listening to Wicket's World on Des Moines, 1350 ESPN. Wicket's World continues here on 1350 ESPN and also on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. Uh, hello if you're watching us on ESPN Des Moines. On the Facebook page, we appreciate it very much. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM. All right, so I, <laughs> I think the NFL is mad. I think the NFL is pissed. I think the NFL is sick of messing around or letting other players mess around with getting vaccinated for the COVID-19 uh, or getting the COVID-19 vaccination. So much so that yesterday, the NFL released a statement saying they plan on playing, remember, it's a 17-game schedule, so everybody gets one bye week. So the NFL has confirmed this from Tom Pelissero, who says the NFL has informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week 18 18-week season in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seating. So what that, basically what that means is if you have already have your bye week in week four and then there's an outbreak of unvaccinated players within your, you can't reschedule a game. You still can't play games with a, you know, a certain amount of, of uh, infected players. So if you have not enough players to play and you're past your bye week, and you're the New York Giants, let's just say, mm-hmm. and the Giants are playing the Raiders, the Giants will forfeit that game. Think about what that means, all right? Not only do you ju- not get a game, you know, and you get an L for the playoff standings, and that can come back to bite your entire team, your entire franchise, because you wouldn't get the vaccine or chose not to get the vaccine. It also means that 52 other guys don't get game checks because, let's say, seven guys have an outbreak or five guys and three trainers and a couple of other staff, whatever. So now you are putting this responsibility, the idea that it's being forced upon you, you, you choose it. Listen, it is your choice to get the vaccine. There is no doubt in my mind. But the NFL is saying if there's an outbreak and you cannot play to get any sort of leeway, we're not moving games around this year, Maybe we can do it in a bye week if two teams match up, but the odds are it's not going to. They are going to take away the game from well, your, your teammates will be play, are getting paid. What a ballsy move by the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Unvaccinated, check that. Vaccinated individuals who test positive and are able can return to duty. Negative tests 24 hours apart. Again, I read from Tom Pelissero's Twitter page. Unvaccinated individuals are still subject to a 10-day isolated uh, isolation period. So if you test positive and you have not gotten the vaccine, you still got to sit out. Cam Newton had it last year. They're not going to be moving all over like they did last year. The NFL's memo says, quote, 
Every club is obligated under the Constitution and bylaws to have its team ready to play at the scheduled time and place. A failure to do so is deemed conduct detrimental. There is no right to postpone a game. If a club cannot play due to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. There is a whole bunch of stuff here. There's, I, could, I could read you the whole thing, but it is boring. Mm. Unreal. If a game is canceled and cannot be rescheduled within the current 18-week schedule due to a COVID outbreak, neither team's players will receive their weekly Paragraph 5 salary. You don't get vaccinated. Your team can't play. You're not getting paid, and neither are your teammates. You want to see a locker room turn real quick on Cole Beasley? You want to see a locker room <laughs> turn real quick on Josh Allen, who's not getting the, gotten the vaccine yet? You want to see, and I don't know who has and who hasn't. You want to see, you know, you had until, what, three weeks ago to opt out mm-hmm. for your COVID safety. They were giving, and you would still get paid. You had that opportunity three Fridays ago. Not anymore. Like, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes has the vaccine. I assume he does. He seems like the kind of guy that would get the vaccine. I don't know if Tom Brady has the vaccine. We'll find out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we may or may not ever find out. You don't want there to be, and even if you're team vaccine, you don't want there to be a COVID outbreak. All right? All joking aside, this thing is still rearing its head. This thing is still more contained the Delta variant, and I'm not going to get into this and that and this. I'm telling you right now, this thing's not done because of a number of reasons, and you're seeing it with the Olympics. I mean, how many people, as we are getting to the opening ceremonies, how many people have tested positive that are athletes that are going over there into a city, into a country that has had a terrible record with COVID? So it, it can happen to any uh, female gymnast from the U.S. Olympic team a couple of days ago, the alternate. Mm-hmm. Thank God it wasn't Simone Biles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing that crossed my mind. I'm like, U.S. gymnast? She has COVID? Is it Simone Biles? Please, God, no. Please, God, no. So, yeah, it's a balls move by the NFL to say, if you're not vaccinated and there's an outbreak and it's on you, (laughs) you're not getting your game moved. In most scenarios, you're not getting your game moved and you're not going to get paid. And if you want to see what motivates more than anything. It's money. It's money. Talk about, I mean, how often do you see a team who's, you know, won a Super Bowl or won a championship or whatever, and their contract is up, and they can take $10 million to play with Team A. They just won the championship. with take $30 million, and I'm not saying don't go get your money. I've never said that about athletes. Get your money while you can, especially football. Your window is this big. But how often is it always, yeah, I really want to win about a championship, but $7 million extra dollars. This is the deal for the, the NFL players. Get vaccinated, get the shot, and prevent as best you can. Now, vaccines, as we know, they're, and you know, I'm not going to get into a vaccine conversation, but they're not 100% effective. I've had a flu shot, still got the flu before. Uh, people are getting vaccines. 1% of people are still getting COVID. That Of the, the, the people who are sick with it, 1% are vaccinated. 99% of the other people aren't, but regardless, power move, great move by the NFL, in my opinion, If the goal is to get the whole league vaccinated, this is a smart move. Do it or risk not getting paid and do it 
I'm sorry, and do this or risk your teammates not getting paid. Money talks. This will ramp up the vaccination efforts for sure in the NFL. Speaking of the NFL, Tyler Dunn from GoLongTD.com is coming up on the other side. One of the best football minds in the country. He's got some strong opinions and takes. We will get to his thoughts, including who he thinks the starter for Green Bay will be as we're hours away from training camps opening all across the National Football League. That's next on 1350 ESPN. Phone lines are open. 515-244-1350. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. Wicked World on 1350 ES. Wicked, thanks so much for hanging out here on a Friday. We've got the uh, the Cubs and the Snakes. Chicago will be hosting Arizona in about 15 minutes. Coverage begins right here. And then, of course, Pat and Ron will have the call a little bit later on here on 1350 ESPN. By the way, get all of the Arizona games this weekend against the uh, the, the Cubs from the field. 120 starts all the way across the board. Uh, you'll be able to catch the uh, the Cubs and the Arizona Diamondbacks all weekend right here on 1350 ESPN. Getting back to football. Uh, Go Long TD's Tyler Dunn is joining us here and all minds in the country. If you haven't checked out his stuff, golongtd.com. And, and Tyler, I do want to start with, as, as a Green Bay Packers fan, you know that I bleed green and gold. Uh, I have seen your social media posts and your website that you don't, you don't think... Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback for Green Bay when camp opens? You know, I'll say this. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the starter. I mean, maybe they get Derek Carr in a trade, you know, or maybe they want to get a veteran going for a few weeks before they want to turn it over to Jordan Love. But, yeah, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers week one. I mean, you know him as well as I do, Mike. He's, he's got a unique personality. You know, when, he's, when you're out, family, friends, ex-teammates, Brian Gutekind appears to be out from everything I've heard, that short of people getting fired, short of major structural change to the way the Green Bay Packers do business, Aaron Rodgers does not want to play for the Packers. Like, I get it. There, there is that lingering possibility that he just shows up and he has that smirk on his face and he says, all of us in the media just launched a smear campaign and he just wanted to chill for the offseason. That, that, that's out there. But, you know, pe- people close to him, people on the team, they're not holding their breath. I'm, I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. They, they, don't, they don't see this happen. I could talk Packers with you for hours. You know that. But I do want to move on. There are four other major fan bases here in Des Moines. Uh, and yeah. it was announced about an hour ago. And I don't quite understand why anyone would want to go on HBO Hard Knocks. But the Hard Knocks team this year will be the Dallas Cowboys. With a team coming off a season like they had last year, with all the uncertainty about Mike McCarthy and, and whether or not he's the right man for the job, Dak coming back off injury, as horrible as the defense was, what is Dallas doing going on hard knocks? <laughs> well, if it's the, the watered-down, sanitized version of hard knocks that we've seen the last couple of years, then I, I guess we're not going to see much of anything. You know, the team signs off on it. and I mean, that Raiders hard knocks was a joke. There was nothing to take away. All those personalities in that locker room, and you and you give the public that nonsense. Just it was a waste of time every week. So, you know, I'm sure Jerry Jones isn't going to broadcast anything that Jerry Jones does not want out there. We're not going to get the real story of the Dallas Cowboys. Hard Knocks was great early on, right? Those early years, 
when it was a little more raw. Yeah, the Browns um, or the Cowboys, like those, or the Browns or the, the Dolphins, those were good yeah. hard knocks. Right. I, I think it's a waste of time now. It's just uh, overly sanitized, and it's like it's going through these poll-tested PR discussion sessions every single second of every single episode. Like, no thanks. Give me curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> is, is, is Dallas in a position to make the playoffs next year for as bad as everything got after the DAC injury, for as bad as the defense was, Mike McCarthy in year two, do you expect Dallas to get to eight, nine, ten wins? Absolutely not. I think they're going to be a disaster. I mean, it looks good. <laughs> they, win the pre- they win the press conference. They win the press conference, Mike. Like, they, they give Dak. I like Dak, too. I mean, he deserves the money, but whether it's him or Amari Cooper or Zeke Elliott or Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, all these, they, they get all their money, and, you know, it looks, it looks good, but it, the, 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 the inside out, they're not built the right way. I mean, the, the line is aging and, and not nearly what it was three, four years ago. The defense is historically bad, like really, really bad. Teams just moved the ball at will on them last season. I don't really think they got that much better. Like, is, is Dan Quinn turning that unit around? I don't think so. I mean, these draft picks that they brought in, a lot of them have a ton of red flags character-wise. You know, I, I, we went, we've heard that before in Dallas, right? Something could blow up there. I, I, just, I just don't see a Mike McCarthy-led operation improving on defense. I mean, I've talked to the players in Green Bay. They, they said in training camp, and we, we saw it too at practice, they never hit. You know, they never hit. And his attention was toward the offense. He, he wasn't even around those drills on defense much at all. I think that just seeps through every pore of your organization, and, and they'll never be a, a team that wins with defense. And their offense, I'm sure they'll put up a lot of points, put up a lot of yards, but that's not going to be enough. Talking with NFL insider Tyler Dunn. Read his outstanding work at golongtd.com on Twitter. At Ty Dunn to the Windy City. It, I, I know that this kind of feels like a bit of a reset drafting Justin Fields, but is Matt Nagy's career in Chicago tied to Justin Fields? It better be. And Ryan Pace and everybody there. I think everybody, you know, you catch up in an honest moment. I bet they're pretty surprised that they all kept their jobs, right? Like, they. they could not cross the ball past midfield with Nick Foles for, it seemed like, a month and a half. And the season has just taken the tailspin. And then they kind of get into the soft part of their schedule. They finally play Mitchell Trubisky only because Foles got hurt. He beats those three teams, and they sneak into the playoffs at 8-8, eight and, eight, and everybody kind of keeps their jobs. So it is strange. I think a lot of fans were shocked that they're going to run this back. And, hey, they approached it this offseason with the sense of desperation that they needed. You have to hand it, I guess, to Nagy and, and Pace that they took a swing at every single potential quarterback. We, we wrote about it at Go Long a few weeks ago. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger even, Carson Wentz, they were exploring everything. And they really thought they were going to get Russell Wilson. They thought that John Schneider was done. Like, he was, Schneider was ready to move on from what I was told. And, and Carroll's the one that kind of swooped in and said, oh, not yet. I don't want this to be my legacy. Uh, and, yeah, they end up with Justin Fields. Maybe that was the best option all along because he's so young, because you buy yourself more time with a young quarterback. You know, you get him going. If he shows any promise at all, they're going to keep everybody around another year. So I think it was smart in the end. And I don't know. I'm no mock draft and all-22 expert, but anytime I watch Ohio State, 
he was unbelievable. <laughs> He's getting the snot beat out of him against Clemson and throwing six touchdowns. Give me that guy. That rib, I can't believe he got up from that shot he took <sighs> in that game late, what was that, January or late December, whatever it was. Uh, staying in the North, how much confidence do you think the Vikings have in their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, behind closed doors, not in front of those microphones? Yeah. <sighs> Man, I, too much, I think. You know, I, I think that they kind of convinced themselves that Kirk Cousins can get them, get them to the Super Bowl when they could have got out of that contract last year, right? They didn't have to give him that extension. They really could have hit reset. Yet they try to have it both ways. They, they bring him back. They give Dalvin Cook his money. Um, and then they reset on defense, and a lot of these young players, they were exposed last year. I'll say this, though, I'm so negative about all these teams. I mean, I like what the Vikings are doing now. Like, they, and I'm not even really a Kirk Cousins fan, but all of a sudden, that defense is looking pretty good. Those young players that they drafted, especially in the secondary, they get a full offseason to learn Mike Zimmer's defense, which is so hard to learn, maybe the hardest in the NFL. And they bring in a lot of veterans, guys like Patrick Peterson. I mean, they're going to help that room grow big time. And, and offensively, they can score at will. I mean, which is crazy to say with Kirk Cousins. But, my gosh, when it's humming, I, I think that they can keep up with just about any team in the NFC. So, yeah, all of a sudden, especially if Aaron Rodgers isn't in that NFC goal, the Vikings, the expectation should be the win of the division and then compete for a Super Bowl. Before I ask you about Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, if you were to power rank one through four, the NFC North, where do you go? Considering you don't think that Mr. Rogers is going back to green Bay. I'll still put green Bay number one because I probably like Jordan love more than most. Um, you think, wait, you I, think the Packers can win the North with Jordan love this year? No doubt. Yeah. I, Brian Gutekus has done a really good job. I, it's weird to kind of see, you know, his name dragged through the muck, and everybody's saying he didn't do enough around Aaron Rodgers. They scored more points than any team in the NFL. I get it. Rodgers has a lot to do with it, but these other players aren't slouches. Like, they've found guys like A.J. Dillon and Mark Wessel, the Scanley, who, who break the mold at their positions. I mean, MVS is big, strong, fast, led the league in yards per reception. A.J. Dillon, 250, 7.8% body fat. We all see the quads. I mean, he is maybe Derrick Henry 2.0. And defensively, it's funny. They show that graphic of all these first-round picks they've taken on defense like it's a bad thing. Well, don't people know Mike McCarthy's defense has meltdown after meltdown? They needed to completely reset on defense. And all these players that they've been drafting are only going to get better. So, yeah, I think with Jordan Love, they can win the division because the team is that deep wherever you look. So you've got Green Bay 1, it sounds like Minnesota 2, Chicago 3, and then Detroit, I assume? You got it. Yeah. That's got to be it in my, in my head, yeah. It's, it, Detroit just is, uh, God, it's a hard roster to look at. I'll say this, though. I think in Vegas, they're, <laughs> they're at five, at five wins in Vegas. They have oh. a 17-game schedule. Give me the over. I think golf can get them to five or six. Oh said nobody ever. I got to get the last team in here before I get you out of here, Tyler. Again, golongtd.com's Tyler Dunn joining me. Uh, there are a lot of Chiefs fans all around this state. Closest NFL stadium is Arrowhead. They were embarrassed in the Super Bowl. How much of a chip is actually playing or are the, the Chiefs actually playing with on their shoulder this year? Oh my God, it's got to be huge. It's, 
first of all, I love that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, that they're always talking about, like, dynasty and going undefeated. And, I mean, that's good. It's <laughs> a new existence. Players are terrified to talk like that. They don't, they don't give a crap. Like, I love it. And they're, they're absolutely right. Like, they absolutely could run the table with the talent they have. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I've, he's going to go down as the greatest quarterback ever when it's all said and done. Nobody's doing, nobody's ever done stuff that he's done. I, I think that they'll absolutely have a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, I, I get it. There's some problems on defense. There's some holes on defense. So that it, it ended up catching up to him to a degree. But more than anything, they just had to protect Patrick Mahomes. And he's running for his life. They address that in a big way. They'll be good. I, I think there's a team to beat, no doubt. Tyler, I know that uh, what you have written about over at GoLongTD.com is getting a ton of national attention. For those that are unfamiliar with your site, your Eric Kramer story pulls every emotion out of human beings. Let our listeners know what you got going on at GoLongTD.com, and that Eric Kramer story is bananas. <laughs> Man, thank you so much for reading that, Mike. It was, my God, I feel like we could have talked for you know, 10, 20, 30 hours and still wouldn't have uncovered you know, much of it. it. It's crazy. I mean, from the severe depression to the suicide attempts to his brain taking five years to wake up to an ex-girlfriend then coercing him into a sham marriage and between her and the legal system stealing $700,000, it's, it's insane. He's good now. His brain is in a great place, and he wants to talk about it. You know, he, he's got a patient that he believes was ruined through an invented domestic assault charge. So I, I think that Eric Kramer is, is willing and able to share his story finally when he couldn't for five years with the brain, as he said, of a six-year-old. It's Tyler Dunn. Go long, TD.com on Twitter at Ty Dunn. That is it. We are out of here. Cubs baseball is coming up next. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to you. Thanks to Big Pete for producing the program today. My name is Mike Wickett here on 1350 ESPN. This has been Wickett's World. Have a great weekend.